On today's episode of Hardwood Hot Takes, we are talking the last week of the regular season here in college basketball, as well as some mid-major tournament madness, got a couple champions crowned already, and then we're predicting the rest of the conference tournaments. Let's get ready to go. All right, guys, welcome back to the third ever episode of Hardwood Hot Takes, and I'm super excited for this weekend and next weekend. We got conference tournaments coming up, and then, of course, we have the big dance coming up. Uh, guys, how are you feeling this last week? A lot of, lot of good games going on. Do you, you guys have fun watching some of those? Yeah, uh, definitely had a lot of fun watching some of those games last week, and it, I, I can't wait to see what the future holds in the uh, big dance. Yeah, absolutely nothing but good basketball been going on. And, I mean, lots to look forward to with a lot of different teams being in the mix this year. For sure. It's always great to, you know, be able to turn on your TV on a Tuesday and have a championship game on. And especially this week, you know, 2 o'clock we had a, a ACC game going on. Uh, Boston College just killed Pitt. And then we got another one starting right now. So that's kind of going to be the theme here for the rest of this week. And then, then starting next week, too, we're just going to have basketball all day for, for lunch, breakfast, dinner, whatever, whatever you want. You're going to have a lot of college basketball. Uh, we also had a, a big game here in uh, Knoxville this weekend. Uh, we had Tennessee versus Auburn. I know me and me and Tucker were both there. And, Arkansas. And against Arkansas, yes, <laughs> not, not Kentucky. Uh, I, mean, we've had, I mean, what, we've had three big games in a row, uh, Kentucky, Auburn, Auburn, Arkansas. It's been hard to... Hard to keep track. Three huge games, three three big wins. But uh, like I was saying, me and me and Tucker were both there. Uh, Dom was was unable to get a ticket. Is that that correct? Yeah, wasn't able to get a ticket, and I ended up going hiking. So I mean, I was okay, but definitely missed the action. For sure, I, I got there super early, about about six thirty, six forty five in the morning. Got in the second row on the floor. I mean, it was just electric in there, and and getting to see the team. Uh, have a chance there to, to get that number two seed. You know, would have been nice if Mississippi State would have been able to uh, to take down Auburn and we could have claimed a, a share of the Big Ten title. But nonetheless, a great game. Not the Big Ten. Oh, my God. I'm, <laughs> I'm all over the place today. A share of the SEC title. Too much good basketball going on. I know. I got, yeah. I got all the brackets pulled up in front of me. The <laughs> names are just, just all over the place. But with that being said, let's kind of get into these games from last week. We'll start with the other Tennessee game from last week. That was Tennessee taking on Georgia at Georgia. Tennessee ended up taking that one away, 75-68. to 68. Was not the best performance out of Tennessee, if we're being honest, but uh, Josiah Jordan-James stepped up especially and, and, and kind of carried this team to a victory. But honestly, without his performance, you know, this, this game could have got a little more dicey than it was. But nonetheless, Tennessee got the win and, and kind of kept their name in the conversation for one of those top three seeds. What did you guys think about this one? Yeah, I agree that Josiah Jordan-James' 23 points was uh, a big part of why we won this game. Um, you know, when you lo- well, when you win a big game at home, um, it, it's sometimes hard to stay hungry. And, you know, we had just come off that Auburn win, so it was uh, maybe a little hard to stay focused. And then, of course, the big storyline, um, Zakai Ziegler's house burned down. So, I mean, he only had two points that game. It's... You know, kind of, kind of hard to keep your head in the game when you have stuff going on like that. So, um, it. But the the outpouring of support for his family was huge. Yeah, for sure, a, a great response for that. I know I saw it hit uh, hit the goal of fifty thousand within an hour, and then reached what about three hundred fifty thousand before it ended up closing it. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. great to see for him and his family. But uh, Dom, what did you you have on that game? 
Yeah, I mean, overall, it's pretty shaky performance from UT. Um, I mean, they got the expected result, and towards the end of the season, that's kind of all that really matters. But it was really nice, again, like you guys mentioned, to see Josiah Jordan-James step up with 23 points, 8 rebounds, and 5 assists. I mean, great game from a guy who hasn't necessarily been here all season. Agreed, yeah. I mean, seeing a guy like that who's not necessarily always the top scorer, uh, getting a big game is definitely uh, helpful and, and nice to see as we head in the tournament because maybe he'll have another game like that when we need it in the tournament. But also, you know, on the other side, it obviously sucks to see your team not, not really take care of business. I mean, they won. They won, don't get me wrong. But this Georgia team is, what, I believe 1-15 in 15 in the conference. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it's when, ugly. when you're a team who is now, you know, the, the second-place team in the conference playing the last-place <laughs> team in the conference – I expect us to go in there a twenty point win. You know that that's what would make me feel confident about a team. But we'll take the win nonetheless. Uh, another big game on Tuesday night. Number nine Providence took on number eleven Villanova, and Villanova squeezed that one out, seventy six seventy four. Uh, I remember last week. You know we were making predictions on this, uh, and I don't know what everyone else said, but I remember I said Villanova. There's going to be hungrier. Providence had the had the title uh, for regular season locked up, and that's what ended up having Villanova. Squeezed by, but they got the win. They were a little hungrier that night. What did you guys think about that one? Well, I agree with you. It, it's absolutely the fact that Villanova didn't win the title, so they were going into it with the expectation that they would win and then, you know, set up momentum for the upcoming Big East tournament. Providence, you know, when you lock up the tournament, you're, or the, the title, excuse me, um, you're maybe a little bit less, uh, maybe a little bit less motivated to go out there and dominate in a regular season game at the end of the year. Yeah, and what I like here is that Villanova, uh, their guy Daniels off the bench got 20 points. And, I mean, what is really shown here is that both these teams are showing a lot of prowess, and they definitely look ready for March because it was a very hard-fought game, and it shows that both these teams are willing to fight very hard for important victories. And Nova just ends up squeezing one out here. They're the hungrier team. Makes sense. For sure, and, and getting to see these two teams in the Big East Tournament this upcoming week will definitely be exciting, but we'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, next big game on Tuesday, Kansas getting upset 74-64 to by TCU. That was a tough blow for Kansas. I mean, this is a team competing for a one seed. Now, they, they are definitely still uh, in contention for that one seed. I mean, I think if Kansas or Baylor wins the Big 12, whoever wins it out of those two, if, if one of those two win, wins it, is going to get that one seed. But taking a blow like that to an unranked team is is not a great thing to see. However, TCU has had strung together a couple ranked wins in a row here, so they're definitely a team to watch out for. Uh, what do you guys have on that one? Uh, so, you know, I, I want to talk a little bit about TCU. They, uh, they've been kind of a, a sleeper team all year in the Big 12, I would say. They've not been at the top of the conference, but they've gotten their big wins, like you said. Um, and then just Thursday night, I think, Kansas and TCU played again in the fog, and it was only an eight-point game. Kansas won, of course, but TCU, definitely not a team you want to see on your side of the bracket. Yeah, I mean, what I'm seeing here is that Kansas has been a little shaky as we come to the end of the season, so I'm a little bit concerned with them. But, I mean, again, like you've said, TCU is a pretty good team, and they've put together a really good record towards the end of the season. And, honestly, they look like they could do damage in – uh, both tournaments, honestly. I mean, this is a pretty impressive team, especially picking up a win against uh, number six, Kansas. For sure. And I, th I think my biggest issue with Kansas right now is, is Ocha, Ocha Chabe. I don't know if that's right. But Ocha Igbaji. Ocha, there you go. Uh, he's kind of getting cold at the wrong time. So we'll see what happens with that uh, once we head into the Big 12 tournament. Um, two more games here on, on that Tuesday. It was, it was a pretty packed uh, Super Tuesday there. We had 
Number eight, Purdue versus number 10, Wisconsin. Wisconsin squeaks it out on a crazy bank shot to end the game, to claim a uh, a share of the Big Ten title there. There's there's a share of the Big Ten title I was, yeah. I was looking for earlier. Um, on a bank shot, storm the court, you know, hoisting trophies, just get beat by Nebraska uh, the following weekend and only hearing a share. <laughs> so a little premature celebration there, but still a huge win. Still got them, well, got them the two seed now because Illinois is the one seed, but got them ahead of Purdue there. What did you guys think about that one? That was a crazy good game. Yeah. The bank was open. Yeah, it it was open. Um, This game absolutely lived up to the hype. Uh, I think we all said Wisconsin was going to win it, but it would be a good game, and, you know, we we had that exactly. I mean, Purdue went down and hit that big shot to tie it, and, of course, Wisconsin hits hits it off off the glass to get the win, obviously. So that's... That's just a great game that lived up to the hype. It'll be interesting to see if those two teams play again here in the Big Ten tournament. Yeah, and Wisconsin in this game actually got out-rebounded 39-33, which uh, is a fairly decent margin to get out-rebounded by, so it's impressive that they still pull off this win. And Purdue, honestly, towards the end of the season, has seemed to be losing a bit of the steam they had at the start. And they run on a hot offense, which uh, when it's not working overtime they seem to lose they really need to have their offense show up big if they want to win games because their defense doesn't seem to be winning games for them yeah I mean the the top of the Big Ten as a whole has been weird there's a lot of teams the Big Ten that I would pencil into the Sweet 16 but there's not a lot that I would uh, move on further than that Uh, so we'll move on to the late night game on Tuesday last one Arizona absolutely manhandles USC in USC's home stadium 91-71 asserting their dominance as the best team in the Pac-12 I know we've talked about the last couple episodes, kind of the the weirdness that's happened there. Obviously, USC, USC and UCLA were kind of coveted as the best two at the beginning of the season. Arizona's kind of just shot up and, and taken that over. So what do you guys uh, take from that dominating performance from Arizona? I'm a little shocked by the margin of victory, to tell you the truth. 91-71 on the road against a ranked team is just um, – it, it's honestly pretty crazy, especially when you consider the fact that Arizona had that really, really bad loss in Boulder on – what was that last Saturday where we had all the upsets so um, definitely a good win for them and like you said Arizona's really stolen the show in the Pac-12 this year yeah I mean emphatic win by Arizona and I think this really solidifies them as a great team because honestly USC was really starting to heat up towards the end of the season and for Arizona to stop them stone cold by a margin of 20 points is pretty ridiculous and I mean Huge pickup by Arizona because they won and had three starters with over 10 points and two from the bench with over 10 points. Really a whole team effort that shows they have a lot of depth, and I think this team can really do some damage. Yeah, Arizona for sure looked good in that game, but I'm going to be honest, I, there's not really a team uh, out there on the West Coast that, that I trust in this tournament as far as things go so far, but maybe, maybe one of them will impress me in the conference tournament. Uh, moving on to the weekend, starting with Saturday noon, Arkansas – Tennessee uh, battle for the number two seed in the SEC tournament. Uh, Tennessee ended up squeaking by 78-74 after having a huge lead early on in the game. Um, Really a great shooting performance from Tennessee. I mean, they were somewhere in the 80s in the first half for three-point percentage. I mean, Kennedy Chandler, I believe, hit five threes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Vescovi had a couple. Vescovi had a couple, not Vescovi. Um, and uh, Zakai Ziegler also had a couple. So, I mean, just a great three-point shooting performance. Uh, kind of let Auburn back in the door after having a little bit of a rough start there to the, uh, I mean, Arkansas. I mean, I'm all <laughs> there's, there's too many. I, I got both names in front of me right now, so um, <laughs> I, I'm all over the place. But 
let them back in the door, but obviously ended up squeaking by there at the end. What do you guys take away from this? I think there were definitely some ups and downs and good and bad things to take away from this game. Well, when you're hot, you're only hot for so long, and I think that's what we saw with Tennessee. You know, you put up 50 in the first half. That's that's pretty incredible, but you're not you're not going to go off in the second half necessarily if you yeah, have that much momentum. Definitely a law of averages there. Yeah, and then the other thing I saw with Tennessee, I think the rebounding got pretty slanted toward Arkansas at the end of the game. Really all the big men, it felt like, for Tennessee were in foul trouble, so that was definitely a disadvantage for Tennessee in the second half. Yeah, and I think rebounding is really going to begin to play a really important role for Tennessee because this team is so guard-driven that if they don't have their guys picking up boards down low, their guards aren't going to have the opportunity to score. And this game also shows how important the three ball remains to Tennessee just because of the fact that uh, they both teams actually ended up getting the same number of shots in, but Tennessee had two more t- threes than Arkansas, and that's really what won them the game in the end. And it's those fine margins with making versus missing threes that Tennessee really seems to be living on. Yeah, and I mean, when I went to Arkansas side, if, if we were talking about those missed shots, I mean, you know, Tennessee, if you look at the box store, it, box score, it doesn't really look like they contained J.D. Note. I mean, he had 20 points, but if you look deeper into the numbers, the percentages, I mean, he shot two for eight from three, six for 20 from the field, so they were kind of just doing everything through through JT, J.D. Note. So even though he scored 20 points, I think we did a good job containing him there because, I mean, you could see a game where that guy is shooting 11 for 20. He just, he just kills us. So, I mean, 20 points, but he is their primary guy, and holding him to that low field goal percentage is definitely a little bit impressive. Uh, moving on to the next game, Oklahoma State takes down Texas Tech 52-51. to 51. Uh, A lot of parity going on in the Big 12 there. Texas Tech is kind of, I don't want to say falling apart, but they've definitely, you know, fallen down a ring. You know, I think probably two or three weeks ago we were talking about them up there with Kansas and Baylor, and I think they've kind of fallen down to that that second rank. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, I would worry a little bit about Texas Tech right now because that's two Saturdays in a row where they've been upset. This one against an Oklahoma State team, which, by the way, has a postseason ban. Uh, so they will not be playing in the Big 12 tournament, which that's never a good sign. And when you lose to a team that really has nothing to play for, and then obviously against a pretty hungry TCU fan or TCU team. So, um, yeah, it's – it's definitely a little scary right now for Texas Tech after that one. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I'm just kind of asking the question of, was Texas Tech just hot, or is this an actually good team? And I mean, obviously, the Big 12 tournament is going to tell us the answer to that, but right now it's starting to look like they were just a team that got really hot and stayed hot and then have just honestly, like you said, kind of fallen apart a little bit. I mean, they can still win games, but they're not looking like the dominating force that they used to be. For sure. I think this, this Big 12 tournament is definitely going to be very interesting to watch, and we'll kind of uh, figure out a lot of things we've been wondering. Uh, the next one was an interesting game for multiple reasons. We'll start with the actual game. Number 21, Texas. Number 6, Kansas. Kansas wins 70-63 to in overtime. Definitely a tough blow for Texas, who kind of had them on the ropes there. Really had a chance, you know, to push themselves off that that kind of five scene line into that four three conversation, especially if they could do something in the tournament. But Kansas squeaks it out in overtime. What did you guys think about this game? Yeah, it was a hard fought game, really on both ends. I watched a little bit of it. I think Texas played a good game for the most part, but you know it's it's just part of playing at the fog. It's a tough environment, and I I just think it in the end Kansas, especially in overtime, was just a little too much for them. Yeah, it honestly gives me more faith in Kansas because I was starting to lose faith for a little bit. But I mean, Texas is a good team. And Kansas being able to pull off, uh, you know, 
a win in overtime is a big deal. I mean, because you have to be able to pick up these kind of games if you're going to hope to do well in the tournament. And so, I mean, I'm starting to get some faith back into this Kansas team. For sure. And uh, and the other thing I was talking about with the with the two storylines, both the one in-game and out-of-game, this game was on ESPN. Guess what was on ESPN directly following? UNC Duke. Uh, so this game went into overtime kind of cucking a little bit of uh, Coach K's whole show he had going on, uh, his, his celebration, we'll call it. So if you were watching ESPN, you didn't flip over for the for the Coach K memoriam. What are, I mean, I, I, I have too many words for whatever that was. But uh, it, it took up probably the first, what was it, five minutes of that UNC Duke game? Five, ten minutes yeah, of it? Yeah, probably. As well as his whole, uh, you know, celebration ceremony, ceremony memoriam uh, at the beginning of it. Um, before we talk about that game in particular, let's just talk about that whole thing. Because I think the whole situation from, from start to beginning is just odd. I mean, Coach K announces he's retiring in June, I believe. Yeah. And so college basketball starts the second week in November. So that's June, July, August, September, October, November. So six months before the season even starts, he announces he's retiring. Not retiring then, retiring the next year. Over a year later, I mean, I, I just, you know, Roy Williams went away quietly. Coach K is doing this whole tour. He wants everyone to give him flowers and gifts. He's mad at Carolina for, I don't know, not shaking his hand at the beginning of the game or not, like, giving him, him you know, Duke gave him a bench. He wanted the bench, you know, there on Carolina, too, across from the drinking fountain or something. I don't know. Uh, what did you guys think about the whole Coach K whatever sh- you know, show. I, I don't know what to call it. A lot of people lost a lot of money. That's what happened. Uh, you, you had seats valuing at eighty grand. You know, there there's so much, so many better things you could buy with that than spending eighty grand at a basketball game where the team that you're hyping up and the moment you're here to see just gets completely ruined. Unless you were a Carolina fan, yeah, that would have been awesome. Town, it would have been worth every penny, I think. Yeah, and honestly, I'm not a big fan of. Uh, guys in sports who announced their retirement like way before because I mean a lot of the way we usually see it done is they'll play the season they'll get to the end of the season after the season's over then they'll decide but I mean to an extent I understand like wanting to prep the next coach who's going to follow you but I mean it's a bit ridiculous to announce it that far out it distracts from the actual team and I mean I think that even if you're an amazing coach like coach K you need to be able to focus on the players and respect your athletes because I feel like it's somewhat disrespectful to make it all about you when your guys are the ones out there on the floor. Yeah, and I think, I mean, also, you know, kind of doing this whole Coach K show on senior night, I th- I, I kind of felt bad for some of the seniors because they have three seniors, I believe, um, and Joey Baker, two others. I, 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 I don't know off the top of my head, but they did have three seniors. Uh, there was really no senior celebration. You know, they weren't. They weren't kissing the Duke logo. Their their moms were not there at the end of the game with flowers. So little odd, kind of odd for the seniors. Coach K was asked about it after the game, and he said, "You know, well, well, Joey Baker, we think is going to come back for a fifth year, and and the other two, well, they were transfers, so they weren't actually here for you." I mean, you know, you know, here at Tennessee, obviously, we had uh, we had a guy who was here for his second senior day in uh, John Fulkerson, <laughs> and we we still gave him a second senior day. So I mean. You know, I think if you're a senior, uh, you still give it to him, even if you're, you know, celebrating yourself, whatever. Obviously, you know, there's a chance maybe Joey Baker doesn't come back next year since Coach K is leaving, and now, you know, he, he played there for all those years and just got no senior day. So that's 
a little disappointing for sure. And then there, there's definitely the whole thing of, you know, they lost, right? I, yeah. If, if you guys didn't know, yeah. they lost. Um, and Coach K still came out and did his speech afterwards, which is a little awkward to say the most. I mean, I think they should Yeah, he yelled at somebody, didn't he? Yeah, no, he yelled at the whole crowd because yeah. they were, like, talking, and then it was just weird. But uh, I thought the whole situation was bad. I'm not a Coach K fan. But we'll get into the game. I mean, this was a game of runs. Uh, UNC ended up winning 94-81. Uh, they kind of had a big lead early. Duke came back and took a big lead there in the middle of the game. I kind of thought they were going to run away with it. But then, you know – the whole moment got to it. Coach K was like getting ready to to take his flowers and you know get his get his new bench. So I think he stopped thinking about the game. And Carolina comes back, steals his moment. And uh, honestly, if Duke doesn't win the championship this year, this is what's cemented in your brain forever. That's how Coach K's legacy ends: getting his tail kicked in his home stadium, and then doing a speech after. That's that's how it ends in my mind. Unless they win a championship. Yeah, I. Uh I just think they got lost in the moment. That's that's the truth of it for Duke. They the moment was just a little too big for them. I, I don't think we're gonna see many moments like that anytime soon unless someone someone else notable retires sometime like thirty years later. But um yeah, they just got lost in it. Yeah, and I mean honestly I'm asking a lot of questions here, uh, of Duke. Like how are they gonna respond to this? Because when your coach kind of abandons you in a sense and makes the entire season the entire night about himself I don't really know how his players are going to handle that I mean if it was a different situation I'd be saying that this kind of bad loss at the end of the season is actually going to help fuel their fire for the tournament but uh, I feel like their guys can't help but take this poorly after the whole debacle with coach K Knight. Yeah, I mean, we obviously don't know the situation in the locker room, and, and I don't think none of us are a member of the Brotherhood, right? You're not, mm-hmm. neither of you are no. members of the Brotherhood, <laughs> so so we don't know what's going on there. But any other team, I'm a senior, and they're celebrating the coach and not me. I'm mad. I'm mad. I mean, I think Duke will be fine. I mean, I don't think they're winning the championship, but I think they'll they'll probably win the ACC, and they'll probably make some sort of run in the tournament. But anyways, after all that, we got to wind down with USC, UCLA. UCLA took care of business, 75-68. And honestly, UCLA, I think Arizona's the best team in the Pac-12, but UCLA is kind of my favorite team. They made that run last year. They still have some of those guys in their team. I think I think they're due for another one, but I could be wrong. What do you guys think about this game? Well, this is one UCLA really needed to win. Um, they, they had been struggling all year at, at times against ranked teams and even like some competitive bubble teams I guess you could say so um, getting a win over ranked USC especially after losing to them on the road uh, is big for them yeah I think this is a really good uh, win to help close at the end of the season for UCLA and difficult for USC because they're coming off this really tough loss to Arizona and they're kind of struggling to regain all that momentum they had coming into the end of the season so I really uh, don't know what to make of USC right now uh, I think the Pac-12 tourney will really help tell us what USC is made of. But overall, really good win for UCLA. Yeah, so that was it for Saturday. Um, Sunday, we had Houston being upset by Memphis 75-61. This Memphis team's weird. I mean, I think we all went in the season. We see they have these these two shiny new recruits in, in Jalen Duran and, uh, and Amani Bates. And, and Duran's been a good player. Amani Bates was eh, and then he got injured. So that situation's weird, but it's honestly kind of been their older guys rallying here towards the end of the season and kind of taking them from 
a team that was really out of the tournament at one point now to a bubble team, and I think at this point they're, they're kind of off the bubble and they're they're into those kind of maybe last four by type situation. Um, but a good win for them, obviously taking down the number 14 team, kind of cements you into that tournament in the situation they were in, especially, you know, if they can win a game or two in, in that conference tournament. Uh, I, don't, I don't think Houston has been quite as dominant in the uh, American conference as people thought they would be. I think they've had some losses. Of course, they've been swept by Memphis this year now. Uh, and then they had that one loss to SMU. So it's definitely not been as good for them as maybe they wanted it to be. Injuries, I think, have gotten to them a little bit. And then Memphis, you know, I, I think Penny is out here trying to prove the haters wrong, and I think he's doing a pretty good job of it right now. You know, you had all those bad losses in December, but now we're coming down the home stretch, and it looks like Memphis is finally starting to put it together. Yeah, and I mean, if the coaching continues to get better, this is a team that can do a lot of damage. But um, if the coaching is poor, I mean, this is a game that proves that Memphis always has had the talent, but this just proves that talent sometimes just wins games. Yeah, so uh, next game on that Sunday was Michigan-Ohio State. Normally a rivalry, rivalry when we're talking about in college football. But this is a pretty good game. I mean, I think this this was kind of Michigan season on the line here. They, re- they, they were probably going to get in maybe uh, into that first four in, uh, in Dayton, but this win kind of cements them into the tournament in my eyes, uh, taking them down 75-69 to 69 in Columbus. Uh, good win for Michigan. What do you guys think about this game? What do you think about Michigan and Ohio State? Because they've kind of been on, on two different trajectories. Ohio State was, was pretty good and kind of been on this downward one. Michigan was pretty bad, you know, hit a low point with that Juwan thing, and now – you know, they're kind of moving their way back up, and they're getting Jawan back uh, later this week. So what do you guys think about this game and those two teams? Yeah, it's a little odd how things have really been going for both of those teams. Michigan has never really had an outstanding record all year, but it feels like since the Jawan Howard mess, they've actually improved a little bit, which is kind of odd. And a lot of those games they played without Hunter Dickinson too. So that's uh, that's definitely something interesting to watch. And Ohio State, I, I just don't know with them. They lost to Michigan, and then before that they lost to Nebraska, who is – the second worst team in the conference. So I, I I really don't know what to say about Ohio State right now. Yeah, and I mean, Michigan, I really thought they would falter um, losing their coach, but somehow they've managed to string, uh, string along a few wins here at the final stretch of their season without Howard. And uh, like you said about Ohio State, I, I hate this team. I don't know what to make of them. <laughs> I actually hate this team because they've been so up and down and they've had good wins. They've had horrible losses. I... I don't know what to make of them. They're so inconsistent. It's ridiculous. Yeah, uh, Michigan, no coach, no Hunter Dickinson, but uh, but still moving forward, uh, much to my dismay. But but I digress there. Uh, keeping things in the Big Ten, Nebraska takes down number 10 Wisconsin at home after they celebrated the Big Ten championship two nights ago, or not two nights ago, but earlier in the week. Um and now they lose Nebraska. They lose that one seed. They 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 just follow the two seed, but they they still lose that number one overall seed and lose the chance to be that unanimous champion. Uh, one point loss there. Uh, they had a shot there at the end, and they kind of took a bad one. You know, down one. They they took this bad three when they really had time to go to the rim. It was an odd end of the game, but either way, they really shouldn't even be in that situation when you're a top ten team in the country. Um, what do you guys think about this team? What do you think about Wisconsin going forward here? Well, I think Wisconsin lost their clutch man in that game, Johnny Davis, to an injury. So, you know, you're um, you're not going to have that guy that can make plays for you down the stretch, which is, I think, why they lost this game. Now, luckily for Wisconsin, he is scheduled to come back for the Big Ten tournament, so that's really not anything long-term, which is good. Um, 
Nebraska's had an odd stretch of wins lately against Ohio State and Wisconsin. So, of course, that's two ranked teams. And I think Wisconsin will be fine for the Big Ten tournament, honestly. They just the premature celebration, like you said. Yeah, I mean, as long as Johnny Davis is, is healthy, I think they'll be fine. But we don't have 100% confirmation on that, that he's, that he's fully 100%. But we'll, we'll see what happens here. I think they play on uh, Friday. Yeah, honestly not worried for Wisconsin here. I mean – Shocking loss. Surprised they lost. But um, Nebraska is the more interesting story here because they've sort of uh, finished the season rather strongly, even though it was poor for the grand majority of it. So, I mean, a team with a little bit of momentum, sometimes they can make runs in important tournaments. And, you know, maybe maybe there's a shot in the dark for uh, Nebraska to make a run in the Big Ten tourney. Yeah, I mean, interesting situation there, but it, it's a little too far gone for them. They're obviously a, a team that would have to win the tournament to get in, which, you know, they, they would have a tough schedule, but it's it's not impossible. Um, we're going to finish up weekend games with Iowa, Illinois. A lot of Big Ten happening on Sunday. Um, number 24, Iowa, loses to number 20, Illinois, by just two points. Illinois is able to capture a share of the Big Ten regular season championship as well as claim the one seed for the tournament. Good win from them. I mean, I think there's really great performance on both sides. I mean, Keegan Murray had a good game. Trent Frazier had a good game. Honestly, the the worst player, the thing that scared me the most in this game was Andre <laughs> Curbelo. I mean, he, he was just, he was bad. He was a turnover machine. And, I mean, when you have, I would say, your second best guard or your second most important guard behind Trent Frazier being, you know, that much of a liability on the court, that's something that makes me nervous going into these tournament games. Uh, what would you guys think about this one? Well, Iowa was cruising for the majority of the first half. I think it was maybe like an eight- or nine-point game and a half, but they were they were up probably 15 at most on Illinois, so that was uh, definitely not good for them to blow that. And then the real thing that cost them in the second half was their free throws. I, I was watching that game. I, I just felt like every time they went to the line, they were going – you know, maybe one of two at best. I think there was a point in which a guy was fouled on a three-pointer, didn't make the three, missed all three free throws. You just can't have that. Yeah, and a bit of a shaky performance, really. Um, Although Illinois still pulls out the win. Uh, Majorly important to do that here at the end of the season against a strong team at home. So, I mean, I think there's good to be taken away from it, even though it was shaky at times. Yeah, I mean, I think Illinois is probably the team I'm most confident in out of the Big Ten teams at this point. But like I said earlier, I'm really not confident in any of them making making a run past the Sweet 16. But I'm sure one of them will do something. Um, but that's it for the weekend games. Now we're going to move on to some stuff that's happened earlier this week. A little bit of this happened over the weekend. Um, but we've had five champions crowned in the mid-majors so far. Um couple left to go we have some more tonight and i think a couple tomorrow night and then there's a couple that are starting this week so those tournaments are kind of all over the place they kind of just try to squeeze in where they can fit on that tv schedule but we've had five champions being named uh we'll start off with the first one being in the ovc murray state i think they were a big favorite obviously they were one of one of the few mid-major teams that was in the tournament no matter what happened like they didn't need to win this they're a ranked team in the ap poll but they take down Moorhead State, win that OVC, um, and they're back in the tournament. And they're a team that I think everyone's had their eye on ever since that that John Morant season where he went crazy. Uh, what do you guys think? Any thoughts on Murray State there? Well, the OVC has gotten to be pretty competitive, I think, toward the top, more so than it has in the past. Belmont uh, typically is one of the front runners, as is Murray State. Um, 
Murray State had been good in the past, but then, of course, John Morant really took that to a whole nother level. Um, and then Moorhead State last year finally got good for the first time. So they've they've definitely cemented themselves toward the top. And, of course, Belmont's headed off to the Missouri Valley. So it'll probably be those two back and forth for a while. And, uh, you know, good win for Murray State to get into the tournament. Yeah, I mean, really it's what we expected with Murray State winning here. Um, I mean, I really don't know too much about the Ohio Valley Conference, but uh, we do see some good teams come out of there, specifically Murray State, like you guys have mentioned. For sure. So uh, the next one over in the Big South, Longwood with a 79-58 to 58 win over Winthrop. I mean, that's a, that's a dominating performance there. I was, I was able to watch this whole game, and, and Longwood's one of those teams. I don't know exactly what seed they're going to get, but I think I'm picking them to, to win a game or two. They just look like a team that's, that's ready for an upset. I mean, they can score. They're just a team that doesn't pass – I mean, they do pass a ton, doesn't dribble a ton. I don't know. They're just they're just one of those – I feel like everyone, you know, if, if you're big into brackets, you're kind of watching these these mid-major games and, like, you're kind of picking out. You're like, all right, I think, I think this one's going to be one of the ones I'm going to have as an upset in my bracket. I think – Longwood was one of those. I mean, Winthrop was a good team. I think it was one or two years ago they made. Yeah, last year. Last year they made a, a run. They won a couple games. So I think you know the Big South Conference is a conference that can produce a team that can do that. So I think Longwood's definitely got a chance to maybe upset one of these uh, one of these teams here in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, uh, Winthrop made the tournament last year. Like I just said, um, they they lost actually in the first round to Villanova. I made the mistake of uh, picking them to beat Jay Wright, which is something that I just should not have done in the first place. But um, again, they stayed good this year. Longwood kind of came out of nowhere. I I never heard of them like really having any kind of success in that conference. So obviously, they rushed into the scene and they had a good year and they're on the on their way to the big dance. Yeah, I've never heard of Longwood before, so honestly, I'm really happy to see a team that I don't really know make it uh, so far and pick up a conference championship. Um, I just get excited every time I see a new team entering the tournament. Yeah, I mean, those those kind of teams are definitely the things that uh, makes Mar- March Madness exciting, especially if your team gets knocked out early or doesn't make it. Uh, but moving on to the Missouri Valley Conference, Loyola Chicago takes down Drake 64-58, Sister Jean's back, Drew Valentine's back. I mean, this this is just a team I like. I mean, obviously, they lost Porter Moser. Now they have Drew Valentine who's been the assistant there for a while, you know, getting this team to the champions or to the tournament uh, first time back-to-back since the 60s when they actually won the uh, NCAA championship a, a very long time ago. So, I mean, Loyola, I think, ever since uh, kind of that first run they had, they've just been a team to watch. And, I mean, obviously last year they did big things as well. This team isn't necessarily as strong. I mean, they've played some good teams. I know they, they played my, my Michigan State Spartans pretty close early in their season. They did not beat us, but they played us close, and, and they've been pretty good in their conference. So I think they're a team to, to watch out for, for sure. What do you guys think about them? Yeah, Loyola and Drake are still back at the top of that conference uh, after last year. Drake was ranked for, I think, a pretty good part of last season. Yeah, they um, were undefeated for a long time, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Um, but, you know, both of these teams uh, are still good. Drake and Loyola, probably not as good as they used to be, but um, Loyola, I I wouldn't be surprised if they went on some sort of run just, just knowing them. Yeah, I mean, I think the only thing they lack is kind of the X factor. I mean, the, that for the last two was was Cameron Crutwig. Yeah. Right? I mean, that guy was a monster. They they have some good guards, but 
They don't necessarily have a guy like that that can just kill your team, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, and Loyola just definitely has that winning tradition uh, in its veins, and they have that underdog mentality that can really help a team coming from one of these you know, mid-major conferences go far. And so I still have a lot of faith that they can make <coughs> a run. Yeah, and I mean, not to be morbid, but this is probably one of one of Sister Jean's last last couple of tournaments here. So we I'm, think. I'm, I'm sure, <laughs> yeah, who knows? Maybe she'll, she's living forever, but she's getting up there. I mean, she's in, in the hundreds now, I think. So yeah, 102. She'll, she'll definitely bring them some luck. I mean, when you have her on the sideline, you can never count that team out. Um, but the next one, Sunbelt Conference, Georgia State takes down Louisiana 80-71. to Georgia State's another one that's kind of been a staple of the NCAA tournament the last, uh, last five, ten years. Um, so what did you guys think about that one? Well, it's interesting because the top two teams in the Sun Belt were eliminated before the championship. Louisiana was actually the eighth seed in the Sun Belt, which is kind of shocking. Uh, so, and then Georgia State's the three. Uh, Georgia State's a team we've seen in the past in the tournament. They took down Baylor uh, on that last second shot where their coach, who was already injured, fell out of the chair and injured himself again. So, uh, It'll be interesting to see yeah, what they can do in the tournament. That was an all-time clip in the, yeah. in the tournament. And it was his son hitting the buzzer yeah. beater, I yeah. believe. So, I mean, that was that was extra crazy. Yeah, really solid win for Georgia State here as they continue to try and build a good basketball program. And honestly, with Georgia State, I really like how they've been able to, these past couple of years, uh, continue to move up in the athletics world. And it's good to see another Southern team do well. Yeah, so we have one more champion that's been crowned, and that was UT Chattanooga in the SoCon, beating Furman uh, 64-63 with an absolute wild shot at the buzzer in OT after the same guy had been kind of denied a shot in regular. Like, he, I, I saw him in, in the regular uh, time. He was standing there with, like, an open shot, and the guy, they didn't pass the ball. He The other guy, who, the ball handler, just took it to the lane and got it stolen. So he got his redemption, hit a crazy shot, and takes the team to a tournament. I mean, that's what March, March is about, hitting that big shot and punching your ticket. That, that was a great game. Well, uh, Furman was, you know, up at halftime. I think it was 26-16. to 16. They were doing a very good job on the defensive end, and then Chattanooga really just took over in the second half, but then Furman hits the shot to take it to overtime, and then – of course, they hit the layup that, you know, you think the game's over right there. You think Furman's going to the big dance, and then suddenly Chattanooga comes down, just crosses half court, and then John Baptiste hits the shot. So that's that's what March is about right there. And, you know, maybe maybe Tennessee's going to get uh – how many how many teams are they going to get in March? Because potentially three, yeah, three, potentially four. If Middle Tennessee can make a run, but I think yeah. Memphis, Tennessee, and Chad are all in. Yeah, that's pretty impressive for a single state to get that many in. So it's really cool to be able to see that. And that game was very well fought. Very cool to see uh, our little brother UT Chattanooga pick up a win. Yeah, and I mean, you got a feel for those Furman guys too. I mean, when you lose like that, I mean, they <laughs> thought they thought they were going to the NCAA tournament. Now they're going home and. Actually, uh, one of the players on that team, Alex Hunter, uh, senior guard, um, he starts for them. He actually went to my high school. He's been there for four years. So, I mean, just for your entire college career, probably your college basketball career, because he's, he's not necessarily an NBA talent, uh, being on Furman. I mean, ending like that on a shot is, is definitely a, a tough way to go out for sure. Um, but moving on, so we have a couple more mid-major uh, tournaments that are either in progress or yet to start. Um we have the A-Sun, um, so the A-Sun's a little bit of a weird one, so the championship is tonight, and it's Jacksonville versus Bellarmine. Now, Bellarmine just recently came from Division Two to Division One, 
Um, there's some weird rule in the NCAA. I believe it's either four or five years from when you become a Division One team before you can actually play in March Madness, which is odd, right? I mean, yeah. I think if you're good enough to make the tournament, you should be able to play in the tournament. It's not like you have any sort of advantage coming from D2. You're at a disadvantage. So if you're that good right away with the disadvantage of recruiting you've had in the past, you should be able to play. But nonetheless, so if Bellarmine wins, Jacksonville, who would be the runner-up, does not go. The winner of the regular season, Jacksonville State, who Jacksonville just beat, goes, which, which is very odd. <laughs> so I, I think everyone should be rooting for Jacksonville because I think that's that's unjust if Jacksonville is the runner-up and then now this third-place team just gets to come in. All right, punch our ticket, boom, boom. I mean, the whole the whole thing's weird. Why Bill Armin's even playing in the conference tournament, who knows? I mean, you look at, like, the Big 12, Oklahoma State's not going to play in the Big 12 tournament. So, I mean, it's just odd. I would feel terrible either way um, because, you know, you want to root for Jacksonville to make it in, but at the same time it's like you want to see Bellarmine get the upset, but Bellarmine's not going to the tournament. So that's unfortunate for really every party involved. And then the big story out of that conference, though, Liberty, a team that had really been dominating that conference lately, uh, they got taken out by Bellarmine. So that was kind of a shocker. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, just such a sad story for everyone involved because, I I mean, I presume that Jacksonville, Jacksonville State aren't too friendly with each other. So if Jacksonville State's able to go after that, it'd be pretty ridiculous. And then I, I really just don't get that rule that Bellarmine wouldn't be allowed to go. It makes no sense. And I mean, these are the exact kind of teams that people want to go to March Madness. People, like, you know, people love their own teams, but they always want to see like the biggest Cinderella story possible. And Bellarmine would have an opportunity to do that coming from D2, but the NCAA said no. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm never a fan of the NCAA, always anti-NCAA, so it's just another reason to, to not like them there. Exactly. Uh, next one, Northeast, uh, we have Wagner versus Bryant. Don't know a ton about either, neither, either of these two teams, but what I did see, uh, Wagner was leaving the gym yesterday from their practice, or, or one of their games or something, and uh, the Bryant fans are waiting to get in to watch either their team practice or uh, their team play. I don't have the exact context of the video, but as these Wagner players are walking out, Bryant fans are just booing at them, yelling at them, so that's just some fuel to the fire. Um, just from that, no idea about either of these two teams. Couldn't name a player. I like Wagner. Give me Wagner all day in this one. <laughs> Yeah, these, these two are at the top of their conference, uh, respectively, one and two uh, in the regular season, so uh, should be a good matchup. I can remember a Rothstein tweet, actually, I think maybe in like December about these two having to play each other in the championship potentially, so it should be a good game, and uh, definitely interested to see a new team in the tournament. Yeah, and I like what Keegan said. I'm with Wagner because adding fuel to the fire, it's great, and honestly, this is another part of March Madness that's a lot of fun is – when you're someone who enjoys brackets, you get to look at all these weird little stories that could factor into a potential upset, like uh, a team getting booed and getting more motivation. So it's always really cool to be extra observant of these sort of seemingly small occurrences. For sure. Uh, moving over to the CAA, we have UNC Wilmington and Delaware. Um, I was able to catch the end of the UNC Wilmington game, I believe it was last night. Um, Weird into that game. They were playing uh, College of Charleston. Uh, College of Charleston drove – one of their players drove in with about five seconds left to, to hit a layup, and there was a very 
and when I say very, oh, I mean yeah, I did very, see that. a very bad uh, charge block call. They ended up calling a charge. I mean, the guy was clearly moving his feet. Should have been two free throws for them to either tie or take the lead. But that happens. Uh, UNCW gets the ball back, and they're able to inbounds it in the game, and, and that was that. Um, I do like UNCW, though, to be honest, going into this game. I think they're they're a fun team to watch, and, and they definitely showed some heart in that game against Charleston, even though they, they really probably shouldn't have won it. But I like UNCW in this one. Yeah, I think I've seen them one or two times in the past in a in a big dance bracket. So um, Wilmington's definitely a team that I have some familiarity with. Delaware, I, I don't know if I've ever seen them make the tournament, so it'd be interesting to see. And it's also a two-seed versus a four-seed for the championship, which is fascinating. Towson was the one in the regular season. They're out. Hofstra, who actually beat Arkansas, they were the three. They got out, got eliminated as well. So um, definitely an interesting storyline that neither of those two are the top teams in their conference. And I did see that uh, pretty bad block charge call, and you, you just got to feel bad for College of Charleston, honestly. just want to chime in here real quick. Uh, Bellarmine is currently up 12 on Jacksonville right now as, as oh, we're no. recording this so <laughs> no could be, could be some chaos <laughs> happening there this that's, is, no that's awful <laughs> i mean good for them but terrible for uh jacksonville uh <laughs> terrible look for the ncaa too because i mean uh, people don't need more reasons <laughs> to hate them and we just keep getting more reasons to hate the ncaa should uh should bellarmine pull a ucf and hang a banner i think so they really should <laughs> If they're not allowed to compete, might as well claim a championship. It's fair enough. <laughs> right. Uh, anyways, moving on to Horizon, we have Wright State versus Northern Kentucky. Uh, the top two teams in that tournament were eliminated, so going to be an interesting team uh, going to the tournament here. Normally when I see that, I don't know about you guys, if I see there's a, a tournament where a little turmoil has happened and maybe like a three or a four seed from the conference is the one who ends up getting that bid or – ends up getting to punch their ticket. That's kind of a team I'm normally a little weary on. How, what's your guys' take on that game, and what do you guys think about that? Well, I've, that seen, kind of I've seen Wright process. State and Northern, Northern Kentucky in the tournament in the past. So yeah, I have, Wright State, I, f- I feel like I've seen Wright State Yeah, well, Tennessee did play, play against them in the tournament. It, it was a blowout. Tennessee ended up winning by a lot. Unfortunately, they did lose to Loyola Chicago right after that. Um, but Wright State, I think, was cruising along against Cleveland State last night. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if they did it again tonight. Yeah, and I mean, when you see these uh, not top two seed teams end up picking up Ws, uh, I think the most important thing to pay attention to is sort of how they finished the season prior to that, because if they're on a hot streak, I'm more inclined to bet on them in March. But if it's sort of they faltered at the end of the season, then they picked up the conference championship, I'm not very hot on them. Uh, definitely depends on how they finish that regular season for me. Yeah, for sure. Uh, moving on to the summit, we have a little... Uh Battle of Dakotas here, South Dakota State versus North Dakota State. This is a game that I will always tune into uh, when it comes to the FCS because these two teams are always near the top over there. But when it comes to college basketball, I don't know if it's necessarily something to get me excited for, but we'll have one of the Dakotas in the tournament. What do you guys think about about this one over in the Summit League? Well, they, they've both been there in the past that I can remember, so that's that's going to be a very interesting matchup. I think they both have very good records, so we'll – We'll get to see a pretty good game tonight between those two, and I, I want to say I, I'm honestly a little sad that Oral Roberts couldn't pull it out this year. I, I was really, I, of course, everybody kind of fell in love with them last March, yeah. so kind of sad to not see them make it. I had Ohio State in my Final Four, so I wasn't super thrilled. I, I think but. I did too, actually. 
I did not because I don't like Ohio State, and uh, they're proving me right. <laughs> um, but I did want to pay attention here to South Dakota State because their offense has actually been remarkable all season, one of the best in the NCAA. I think they're racking up like over 70 points per game, and this is honestly a team to watch out for. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and say that this is a team who could really mess up a lot of people's brackets. Uh, they're 29 and four. They got a lot of offensive power. I really do think that the South Dakota State team is quite good. For sure. And uh, before we get into this last uh, championship game, I do want to mention there are a lot of other mid-major tournaments. We're just not getting into them because they're in, like, the first round. So, I mean, unless you guys want to break down Quinnipiac versus Maris first-round game, <laughs> I, I think we're we're going to skip over those. But there's definitely – a lot, a lot of mid-major madness still to happen, but these are just the ones that kind of started last week. Uh, but the last one, probably the only game that I think the the, the general public is actually going to be really super excited to watch, that's going to be number 17, St. Mary's, taking on number one in Gonzaga. Obviously, this team uh, split their, their two games this season, Gonzaga winning their home game and St. Mary's winning their home game. Uh, that St. Mary's win was part of our, our crazy Saturday two weeks ago. Um, can they do it again? Uh, I think that was a healthy loss for Gonzaga at St. Mary's. I think they will come into this one uh, very hungry to beat St. Mary's. Um, so I, I definitely think that Gonzaga has the upper hand tonight. And it's it's very weird to think that this is a mid-major championship technically. Yeah, I mean, both very good teams and have been consistently great teams, honestly. I mean, you see St. Mary's often in March. You see Gonzaga very frequently in March these days. Um, and it really is going to be a great rematch to watch, but um, I really wouldn't be surprised if Gonzaga pulls away and runs away with this game. Because yeah. I think that oh, my bad. <laughs> um, I think that Gonzaga is a team who, when it's tournament time, they're going to start showing up big. Um, I mean, they may fail later on in the tournament, but they tend to start really strong. Yeah, so I mean, this Gonzaga squad is obviously number one overall seed right now, and I, I, I believe this is the only mid-major tournament where both teams in the championship are, are guaranteed that spot in in the tournament at this point. Obviously, they're both ranked teams. I mean, before I, I get into my thoughts, I just want to mention that I hate this tournament. I mean, it's so stupid. Uh, we mentioned it last week, but both these teams needed to win one game to get here. It's, uh, it is what it is. No, no fun, no fun yeah. conference in the West Coast Conference. We don't get any upset chances, really. Um, I think Gonzaga dominates them. I'm being honest. I think they lost their, you know, if they w- if they win this game, they're the number one overall seed, but if they dominate them, people are scared. I think it's going to happen. Um, but that's it for our mid-major talk there. We're about to talk about the Power Six uh, conference tournament brackets here in a second. But before we do that, we're going to get into a little bubble talk, just kind of address that before we get into the conference tournament because uh, – these conference tournaments are really what makes or breaks that bubble as well as uh, bid stealers in those mid-major conference tournaments. So if I pull up our, our bracketology here, here is what our bubble is going to be looking like. So we'll first start with these last four buys. That's going to be Wake Forest, Creighton, Memphis, and Michigan. Uh, just tell me what you guys think about these four teams. I honestly think all these teams, they really just need one win in their conference tournament. They get that. They're, they're squared away. They're good. What do you guys think? Uh, I, th- I think Wake Forest deserves to be a tournament team. You know, they've they've got a good enough record. They've won twenty plus games. They've they really shouldn't have any problem getting in. Uh, so I, I think they're fine. Memphis, uh, they they've gotten better lately. I would say that Memphis is probably 
going to get in if they play well in the American tournament. Creighton, it's going to be tough in the Big East tournament. Uh, they've they've got Marquette first round, and Mar- Marquette's they they've fallen off a pretty good bit. Honestly, they've uh, they started off the year all right in Big East play, but they've fallen considerably. That what what was the other team? I, I forget. Uh, Wake Forest, Creighton, Memphis, and Michigan. Okay, Michigan. Yeah, uh, Michigan's been playing well lately. A lot of people think that they've gotten in. For sure, uh, the matchup against Indiana. Indiana's uh, they they've been struggling a little bit lately, so I think they could pull off that one tournament win. And who knows? Maybe they beat Illinois. Yeah, honestly, out of all these teams, though, I think I think I'm hottest on Creighton because the Big East is extremely tough right now. Um, only three of Creighton's losses has come have come out of conference, uh, and this is a team that does have 20 wins, uh, and they're only two wins behind Connecticut finished before them in the Big East, and really they're fourth in a conference that has been exceptional this season, so I'm hottest on Creighton. Yeah, Creighton was really hot earlier in the season, but they've, they've kind of fallen apart here towards uh, the end, but honestly, all four of these teams, like I said, I think I'll get in. Um, I'm definitely the hottest on Wake Forest, and I'll, I'll mention that some more when we get in this ACC tournament bracket, but uh, moving on to the last four ends, these are the four teams that they have projected playing in Dayton right now on that, what is it, a Tuesday night? Um, Xavier, Wyoming, Rutgers, and SMU. Um, Xavier is a team that, that definitely has a chance, obviously, playing in the Big East. So, I mean, if they win a couple games, they're good to go. Wyoming is a little bit of an interesting one. Obviously, the Mountain West has got some good teams, but they definitely need to do a little more to kind of cement their spot. They're not they're not as secure as some other teams may be. Same situation uh, as Xavier for, for Rutgers. Um they're a team that's been phenomenal in the rack, phenomenal at home, and they've struggled on the road. Honestly, a little similar to Tennessee in that sense. However, Rutgers has taken some bad losses on the home, on the road and great wins at home, while Tennessee's kind of just lost to who they should lose to on the road. That's kind of the, the difference there. But Rutgers, I mean, if the NCAA tournament, the Big Ten tournament is played in the rack, I'd be penciling them into the Final Four. Um, and then the last one, SMU, I'm not too hot on. I think uh, – they're probably a team that's going to end up in that uh, in Dayton, but I don't see them coming out of it. I think they'll lose to a Rucker Xavier if that's what that was. That's what happens. What do you guys think there? Well, Xavier, they, I think they've got a pretty favorable matchup uh, in the first round against Butler uh, for the Big East tournament. Butler's not been very good this year, and then they play Providence again if they win that game. And you know that we talked about that Triple OT thriller a couple Wednesdays ago, so <clears throat> that may be a. That may be a pretty interesting game to keep an eye on. Xavier could probably squeeze in, honestly, if they won that one. Uh, and then, let's see, Rutgers. Um, they're a four seed somehow in the uh, Big Ten. I don't. Uh, I think that they, they've proven that they can beat some good opponents, especially at home. But uh, the record, I think, has fallen off a little bit uh, from where it was. So we'll see if they can keep it up. And then SMU, I I would think SMU would probably have a pretty good shot to get in. They've beaten Houston a fair amount of times this season. Well, one time, but still, uh, that's that's a good win for them. And then I, I forget the other team. I'm sorry. Uh, it was uh, Wyoming. Oh, yeah, Wyoming. Uh, well, it's, it's going to come down to that Colorado State game, I think, for them. Yeah, I mean, specifically, I pay more attention to the Mountain West being from Boise. Um so out of those teams, I know the most about Wyoming, and Wyoming has been a team that's looked pretty good all season. I mean, they're twenty-four and seven overall, 
uh, with five losses coming in conference. And the Mountain West has actually been really tough this season with, um, I believe it's eight teams who have uh, more wins than losses in that conference overall. So it's been a tough Mountain West conference. So I really have faith that Wyoming is going to show up a lot more than people expect them to. And I feel as though they are the best of that bunch, although these are all teams that have been definitely good throughout the season, just a little bit more inconsistent than the rest. Yeah, I mean, obviously the rest of these teams have, have a little bit of a tougher conference to play in. I mean, the Big Ten's been a gauntlet this season, and, and that takes us over the first four out, which is Indiana, BYU, Dayton, and Virginia Tech. And Indiana is a very similar team to Rutgers. I mean, they've also had some good wins, but they've had some tough losses. I mean... The Big Ten is just such a good conference. There's really not room for everybody there, and Indiana's kind of been a victim of that there. Uh, BYU, I mean, they're they're in that conference over there with Gonzaga and St. Mary's. If, if they would have been able to pull up one of those upsets, I think they would be locked in for sure. But without that, I don't – maybe they have a chance if some of these other teams kind of lose early, but I think BYU's probably done. Um, then there's Dayton, and Dayton's just man. Every time I see Dayton, I'm just I'm just a little sad to be honest. You know that that COVID season where the NCAA tournament got canceled, they were about to be a one seed. They had one of the best players in the country in Ob Toppin, and that just that just ended it. And and that's just sad because that team will never have an opportunity that good again. But speaking on this year, they they have somewhat of a chance. But again, their their ceiling is probably being in Dayton. Uh, and then the last one is Virginia Tech. ACC is just not good this year, so they probably have to make a deep run in there to uh, push themselves in. What do you guys think? Um, to be honest, I don't love any of these teams right now. Um, I think Indiana, you, you, feel, you feel for them a little bit because they, it feels like they finally had a respectable season, uh, just one year out of the uh, uh, abysmal uh, Archie Miller era. But uh, that – I just I don't really like the way things are going for them right now, and then BYU. Um, I just feel like the West Coast has been a little too tough on them this year, so I I don't really see a way they get in. Dayton, it it feels like this the show has kind of been stolen by teams like Davidson in that conference, the A10. So I'm not high on them right now. And then Virginia Tech, they've they've been in the bubble all year. I don't I don't think they've been on the right side for the most part of the year either. So, I mean, they'll have, what, one game they can win potentially tomorrow night, and then they're going to have to win a tough one against Notre Dame if they really want to get in and then maybe even win a game after that. Yeah, I mean, I'm inclined to agree with you, Tucker. I'm really just not impressed with any of these teams, and I I don't really have a good feeling about any of them, and I do think that these are teams who would have maybe had a chance if they picked up a few more games, but they really didn't show any prowess anywhere in the season. I'm just not hot on any, any of them. Yeah, I mean, I think this this bubble this year is definitely a lot different than the one last year. Obviously, we saw UCLA in that first four making a run all the way to the final four, and then Syracuse winning, I believe, two games. Well, three, technically, if you count uh that win in Dayton, so there were two bubble teams made legitimate runs. I don't, I don't see any of these happening, but you never know. Uh, moving on, we're gonna start with some of these big six, power six, whatever you want to call them, conference tournaments. Starting with the Big East, um, I just want to get a dark horse and a champion from everybody, and, and any other comments if you want. Uh, we'll start with you, Tucker. Uh, so a champion, I'm going to say it is between 
Villanova and UConn. I'm leaning more toward Villanova right now. I think the path is pretty favorable given, you know, your first-round game is going to be St. John's and DePaul. Those two teams have really not been at the forefront of the conference all year. They'll be playing UConn. That's a revenge game for them. Uh, and then Providence, you know, I as much as I like what Providence has done this year, I don't know if they're, they're going to be the team that pulls it off in the end. Yeah. Uh, for me, I would say my dark horse is going to have to be Seton Hall. I mean, I like this team. I think they're a pretty good team who's strung together a couple of impressive wins along the season. And I think they're a I think they're the team in this first round. I mean, they are the sixth seed uh, that has the best chance of moving through this tournament and being able to survive because the Big East has been so tough. But as far as the champion goes, I'm going to have to go with Villanova because they did pick up that really good win against Providence. And I think that's the team who would challenge them the most. I mean, UConn, great team, but I just don't feel as though they'll be as impressive at a neutral site. Yeah, I'm on the same page as you guys as far as it goes for a champion. And I think... Villanova is kind of the most sound team there, and I, they have a pretty easy path, I think, to get to that championship. And when they get there, they'll most likely play a Providence team who's been a little inconsistent at ends of games. They've gotten a little lucky. So I think, you know, if Villanova is playing their best basketball, they're going to win this tournament. And then a dark horse for me is going to be St. John's. I mean, seeing St. John's play in the MSG, I mean, that's just vintage Big East basketball right there. there there's always hope in the back of my mind that a St. John's or a Georgetown goes and wins that tournament. Obviously, we were treated to Georgetown doing that last year just for them to be one of the worst Big East teams of all time this season. Um, but, yeah, St. John's be my dark horse. Not for a particular X's and O's reason, just I, I like the uh, like the colors. Um, <laughs> moving on to the <laughs> moving on to the Big Twelve happening, Big Twelve championship happening in Kansas City. Um, we have Kansas as the one seed down there. Baylor is the two. Uh, what do you guys think about this one? Dark horse champion. Uh, my dark horse is going to have to be TCU. Um, I I think they've been playing at times pretty well lately against some good opponents. They've got Texas in the first round, so I think that Texas is, you know, they're, they're a good team, but I don't I don't feel like they're the champion in my eyes or even a potential champion of the Big 12. So I would definitely say TCU is my dark horse, and especially since they got to play Kansas after that as well. Um, and Kansas, it's a revenge game for them now too because they just lost up at the Fog. Oddly enough, I'm going to have to pick Kansas as my champion, though, because I think, um, you know, they'll they'll have probably TCU or Texas in that second round, and well, they'll obviously the first round is against Kansas State, West Virginia. I don't think either of those teams will give Kansas too much trouble, especially on a neutral floor. Um, back to that uh, Texas or TCU, I I don't think either of those teams uh, right off the bat will give them a it, they'll give them a good game. I don't think they'll win is what I mean to say. Um, and then on the other side of the bracket, you just look. I I don't know how to feel about Texas Tech right now, especially after seeing those two upset losses. And then if Kansas and Baylor meet, Kansas, you know, they, they choked away the last game. I don't feel like they'd want to do that in the next one. Yeah, I mean, definitely a lot of good and valid points there, but I feel like Baylor is the champion here. I feel like they've really put together some really important wins coming down the stretch, and the way that they've done it has been really impressive, and I just feel like this is a Baylor team with depth and consistency, and I feel like Kansas, they're a great team that lacks consistency, 
as far as my dark horse goes, though, this is going to sound a little bit ridiculous, but I'm actually going with Kansas State. Uh, okay. Looking back at their schedule, a lot of their losses were within, like, th- three points, like, against great teams, too. I mean, they lost against uh, Texas Tech by five points. They lost against Iowa State by a single point. Like, they're losing some of these good teams in the Big Ten by – uh, slim margins, and they've picked up some pretty decent wins against teams like Iowa State. Uh, and then they played Kansas really close, 78-75. They beat Texas Tech early on in the season, and they beat Texas. I mean, this is a team that honestly has a couple of really good wins in there. So if if they're feeling streaky, I think they can really string together a few good wins here, and they're my dark horse. Yeah, I mean, I think when you look at this this Big 12 uh, bracket here, it's it's a little bit of a weird bracket, only nine teams in there. Um, I think it's it's one of the only brackets you can look at and say, I could really see any of these teams making a run. I mean, uh, there's not really one team that stands out to me. That team is the worst. Um, but for me, my dark horse is actually going to be the worst team or the last place team in this bracket, and that's going to be West Virginia. I love Huggy Bear. Bob Huggins is just a great coach. Again, this is another this is another hard over our overhead pick. I just like West Virginia. Um, I think you know they're not necessarily a team on the floor that's been able to get it done this year. But when it comes to these tournaments, you never know what could happen. And I mean, maybe a Cinderella run to a to a semifinal here would be a fun thing to see for West Virginia. But as far as an actual champion goes, I like Kansas. I mean, Baylor. I think if you would have asked me a couple weeks ago, they would have been my team. But obviously, with the injuries they've suffered. I'm not as high on them, and, I mean, you just can't count out Bill Self in these tournaments. He wins, like, every year. Um, Moving on to the Pac-12. This is the one that uh, I'm probably the least sure about, to be honest. I mean, I I think Arizona's the best team, but everything else, who knows? uh, Dark Horses will definitely be interesting on this one. Who do you guys have as, as a winner in this one, and who do you have as your Dark Horse? Call me crazy, but for the Dark Horse, Arizona State... Um, I, I would, (laughs) I would say Oregon, but I, I I don't like some of the losses they've had recently against some of these teams that are just, you know, they're very much in the bubble and Arizona state they've, um, uh, they've, they've been in it against some, some of these good teams. I think they upset UCLA in a couple of overtimes. So I think, you know, maybe there's potential there. I'm not, I, I, I would say there's a slim chance that they go on a run, um, but to tell you the truth, I, I just think this conference is so top-heavy, so I don't really see anyone going on a run, even though that is exactly what happened last year with Oregon State. Um, my champion is going to have to be Arizona. I think they've stood out the most uh, among the ranked teams in this conference, and then you know, if they win that first-round matchup, I guess for them, they'll have to play Colorado next. They'll be pretty angry about what happened in Colorado, so I, I think they're going to go on to win it. Yeah, if you asked me a while ago, I wouldn't have been too keen on Arizona, but they've really shown with these last couple of games that they are a very dominant team who has a lot of, a lot of good players who can really get it done. I mean, they're, they're my pick, too. I can't go against this Arizona team. I mean, I could see UCLA making a bit of a run, but I just I think Arizona's the better team there. For my dark horse, though, I'm going to go with Wazoo. And Washington State has honestly looked really good. They've picked up a couple of good wins against teams like Oregon, um, and honestly, too, uh, if you look back a little while, they had a 103-point game against Oregon State, so this is a team that can generate a lot of offense, and when it comes to these conference tournaments, going on big offensive runs is really important, and if their offense is hot, I think they really have a chance to get it done. 
Yeah, for me, I mean, I was leaning towards Arizona for a while, but I, I just really feel like um, I really feel like UCLA, like I was mentioning earlier, they made that run last year, and I'm just, I don't know. I just like them. I like Mick Cronin, even though he, he beat my team in the first four last year. I think he's a good coach. They have some good players. And I feel like Arizona is just a little overrated. Obviously, they've had some great wins, but we beat them here in CBA earlier this season, so they're not unbeatable, obviously. They lost in that crazy uh, weekend of losses two weeks ago, so they're not unbeatable. Um, they're going to have to go play Colorado, and then prob- they're going to have to play winner of Arizona State Stanford, then Colorado again, and then probably either UCLA or USC. I don't know. I don't know if they win all three of those. Um, as far as a dark horse goes, I did like Oregon, but they had a injury today. I can't remember the guy's name off the top of my head, but one of their players who, who scores a decent amount is injured, and he's done. So that kind of squanders their chances of making a run. So as a dark horse, I don't really love one. I'm going to go I'm gonna go with Cal. Not for any particular reason, but I, I think they will beat Washington State. Uh, then they'll lose to UCLA. I mean, honestly, I just I just think when I look at this, I think Arizona wins, I think Colorado wins, I think UCLA wins, and I think USC wins. So I don't really see any of these teams from that first round making a run, but you never know. Um, moving on to the Big Ten tournament, uh, my favorite basketball tournament here, one I'm super excited for, not as much this year as uh, as every year, but, you know, you never know with these tournaments. Everyone's team always has a shot. Um Illinois, like we mentioned earlier, claimed the one seed and knocked Wisconsin down to that two. Then Purdue with the three, and oddly Rutgers all the way up there with the four, even though they're on the bubble. Uh, what do you guys think about this one, a winner and a dark horse? So my dark horse is going to have to be Michigan, I think. Um, they've uh, they've got Indiana, who has been shaky lately, so I think they can win that one. Um, Illinois, I think, will be an interesting game as well. I think they could make it close. Winning, I, I'm not entirely sure if they'll win it, uh, but I think Michigan will be a tough team to watch out for, especially since they seem to be playing better since the Jawan Howard thing, oddly enough. Um, as far as a winner, I feel like I'm between Wisconsin and Purdue. I don't I don't have anything against Illinois. I, I just don't I don't see them right off the top of my head winning it. I'm, I'm not sure why. Um I really like Johnny Davis for Wisconsin. Um, he's the Big Ten player of the year for a reason. He's their guy in the clutch moments. So I, I definitely would like would like to see them win just because of how well he's played all year. Yeah, and I mean, for me too, I'm honestly not that hot on Illinois either. I don't necessarily know why, but it just feels like they're a team that doesn't necessarily have too much identity or too much soul. I don't know. They're just one of those teams for me that seems like they're good basketball team but they don't really have much behind that and so my pick for champion I'm gonna go with Wisconsin they've picked up some impressive wins and I mean they did lose to Nebraska which was shocking but I just think that they have the best shot of winning it Uh, although they will probably have to play against my dark horse team uh, Michigan State although I don't really know if you can even call Michigan State a dark horse team even though they are the seventh seed just because this is a team that's consistently good at basketball they're well coached um, and I think they, out of all the other potential dark horse teams, have the best chance of making it out of their side of the bracket. Definitely like to hear that. Uh, obviously, I'm a Michigan State fan. Uh, deciding, you know, do I put them dark horse? Do I put them champion? I think I'm, I'm checking both boxes for Michigan State. I mean, look, uh, uh, John Rothstein doesn't say January, February, Izzo, April for, for no reason. 
Um, I mean, we're always a team that could do something in March. This obviously has not been our year. We've we've had some good wins. You know, we've taken down the Wisconsin's. We've taken down the Purdue's of the world. But we've lost some bad teams, like number 12 seed Northwestern at home. Um, had a decent out-of-conference schedule, but this team's been very inconsistent and has been on a, a cold streak to end the season. But, you know, when I think about this team, you know, Michigan State is just a team that overcomes adversity and always does something come tournament time. I mean, I think back to 2015, they were a team before the conference tournament that was not going to be in the big, that was not going to be the NCAA tournament. They end up making a run all the way to the finals, taking on uh, that Wisconsin team with Frank Kaminsky. They ended up losing that game in overtime, but making that it that far still gave them enough to get into the tournament, get off the bubble and kind of get in. I think they were a uh, seven seed that year uh, after that run in the tournament. And then they ultimately made a run to the final four alongside Wisconsin. So, I mean, I think this team is in a very similar spot that that team was in back in 2015. Um, you know, we don't have the dynamic player in a Denzel Valentine like we, we did there. And that's kind of our biggest issue is we just don't have that guy. But I think this is a team, you know, if you're Maryland, we just beat you. You're scared. If you're Wisconsin, we beat you already. You're scared. If you're Purdue, we beat you already. You're scared. If you're Illinois, we've taken you to a five-point game both times. You're scared. So I like them to win. They're my dark horse. Can never count them out. Moving on to the ACC, uh, the only power tournament so far that's actually started, um, like I mentioned earlier Boston College absolutely destroyed Pitt and ran away with it earlier and uh NC State Clemson is currently going on right now it's in the second half Clemson is leading 37 to 28 over there on ACC network NC State's been shooting pretty poorly 32 percent from the field 20 percent from three uh so Clemson's got a little bit of a lead there uh but what do you guys think about this tournament I think this is I would have to say the weakest ACC bracket I've seen in my entire life. I would have to agree with you on that. Um, my my champion, without a doubt, is going to have to be Duke, especially after getting embarrassed at home and among all those fes- festivities. And uh, I, I think they're they're the clear cut favorite to win it, um, just because I, I just feel like the rest of the conference is just so much weaker. Um, as far as a dark horse. I guess I'm going to say Wake Forest. Uh, I feel like they've quietly been putting together a pretty good season, I guess you could say, even though they're the five seed. Um, it's it's one of the better Wake Forest teams we've seen. They're not generally uh, one of the better teams in the conference. They usually are down there toward the bottom with, like, Georgia Tech and Boston College and Pittsburgh. But I don't know. Maybe they go on a run. Yeah, I could definitely see that happening. Um, as far as champion goes, Duke definitely the favorite, but – For me, I feel like although typically a team would get a fire lit underneath them for losing that bad and getting embarrassed and wanting to win for their coach, I feel like the Coach K drama might be a little bit too much for this team, and I don't know if they're going to be able to continue to rise to the occasion because every single game they play from here on out, it's going to be, is this Coach K's final game? Is this like one of his last games he'll ever coach? And I think that's way too much pressure for these guys, especially after – uh, not really getting a senior night and feeling a bit neglected by their coach. I'm not the hottest on Duke right now, although I do think that Coach K could turn it around. He could make them see that this is an opportunity to get even more inspired to win. But I'm going to pick North Carolina. Um, I think that with them winning over Duke, they have reason to believe that they can actually succeed. 
and I think they're going to be able to parlay that into su- some success in the ACC. But overall, really, really weak ACC bracket here. Although I'm going to go Syracuse as the dark horse because this is a Syracuse team that has a lot of talent. Um, and I mean, like they're, they've just had a lot of close games and there's been a lot of questions sort of as to what their problem has been and if they sort of figure out whatever is going on with them. I think they're honestly a team that is still very good. Yeah, I'm, I'm on the same page as you with Duke a little bit. I mean, obviously I could see them winning the tournament. I'm, I'm not going to count yeah. them out there. But I could definitely see them faltering. I don't think they lose to Florida State or Syracuse, but I could definitely see them faltering against uh, either Wake Forest or Miami or against the Carolina Notre Dame. So I think that that's definitely something to watch out for. I think this is a year where we could definitely see some upsets in the ACC tournament. Obviously, we had a crazy upset last year with Georgia Tech making that run. Um, For me, I have another one in a row where my dark horse and my champion are going to be the same. Um, I've watched a lot of Wake Forest basketball this year. Uh, one of my buddies from high school, Carter Witt, is a point guard on the team. So I tune into as many of those games as I can, and they've just looked like a great team. I mean, Alondez Williams uh, won player of the year in the ACC. Steve Forbes won coach of the year. They're just a team that, you know, maybe this year isn't their year, but I think they're a team, uh, you know, four or five years down the road. Coach K's gone. Uh, Roy Williams is gone. Virginia's faltering. I think – Wake Forest, believe it or not, you know, Duke and Carolina will always be there. I think Wake Forest for the next five, ten years, while Steve Forbes is kind of coming into his prime here, could be a team competing every year. So I, I like them as at least making a chance. I don't know. I like them I like them making a run here, to be honest. They, they're they going to play Boston College, who just beat Pitt. I think they win that. I think they're a much better team than Miami. Then that Duke game is going to be a tough one. Obviously, they're in the semifinal. But I think if they beat Duke, I think they win the championship. That's that's kind of be going to be my prediction there. I think the winner of the Duke semifinal game is going to win the championship. There, there's a prediction. Um, but let's move on to our final bracket here, uh, the bracket that our team Tennessee is in, and that's going to be the SEC bracket. Uh, obviously, Auburn with the one seed. Tennessee was able to grab the two seed with that win over Arkansas, pushing Arkansas to the four, Kentucky at the three, all three. Four of those teams have the double by to Friday. Um, let's get a winner and a dark horse here from everybody, and that will be our show. Okay, so my dark horse is going to be Texas A&M. They have been playing very well lately. Uh, Quentin Jackson dropped 28 in Tuscaloosa the other night as they went on the road and really put on a show at at Alabama, they won it by 16. That's not something we see a lot of in the SEC this year. And then I think before that, when they played Georgia in Reed Arena, they uh, or Quentin Jackson rather, he went 11 of 11 from the field. I think he tied a career high of 31. So I I, I really like them right now. It's not just Quentin Jackson that's going off. I mean Tyrese Radford's doing well as well. So I I think Texas A and M's definitely the sleeper pick in this one. Um, as far as the uh, team to win it, I think a top four team is going to win it. Honestly, like Alabama and LSU, the two, the, the five and six. I don't, I don't see either of those teams really winning it. Alabama would have to just completely go off, or they're just not going to win it at all because that's how this team is. This, this is the team that beat Baylor one week and lost to Georgia in the same week. So, um, 
Definitely not a team outside of the top four will win it. Um, I don't really like the matchups either, though, for the top four in the first round, oddly enough. So I think Kentucky will be hungry, though. I think that is probably going to be my champion prediction. I don't think that's a bad pick. Um, my dark horse, though, you took the words right out of my mouth. Texas A&M has been playing lights out. They've looked really good uh, this last stretch. And, I mean, honestly, you talked about Bama, too. And Bama really has not looked that great. They had a great start to the season, and then they really uh, fell off kind of hard, honestly. Um, so I don't have a lot of faith in this Bama team. But the top four, very, very tough. And looking at these matchups, I think that the Auburn-Arkansas side is a lot tougher. Honestly, really glad Tennessee picked up that two seed because I think they have a lot easier path than anyone coming out of that other side because, I mean, we're probably going to play Mississippi State or South Carolina. We can win that game for sure. Um, But I I feel like for me it's between Auburn and Tennessee. Because I think we can definitely beat Kentucky. We showed we can. Um, it's going to be really hard to do at a neutral site. But I think we can pull it off, and we've been hot, and we've been hungry. Um, and if we maintain that, I think we do beat Kentucky. But uh, coming out, out of the Auburn side, they're going to have a tough time beating Arkansas. Uh, it's really hard for me to pick a champion here. Um, Got to do it. I'm going to go with the hometown bias and say Tennessee. Um, I mean, I, I go to the school. I kind of have to go with them. Uh, if I don't genuinely believe that they're going to win, they're not going to win. That's just how it works. So I'm picking Tennessee. Yeah, I was, I was kind of hoping none of us were going to do it, if I'm being honest. Yeah, because you don't want, yeah, you don't want like someone to do it and then ruin jinx. it. <laughs> I don't know. I was, I was kind of going to be, you know, I love on college. Believe, I love on man. college game day where, like, everyone picks a team you're playing against. When you see that, you're like, oh, we're good. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm not going to do it. Uh, reason being, my Dark Horse team is actually Mississippi State. I love Mississippi State. They obviously played it close against Auburn, but they've been good all season. They have some great transfers um, and Shaquille Moore and uh, I'm blanking. UNC guy's name. Garrison Brooks. Garrison Brooks. Some some great transfers there. Um, I mean, they're a team to be reckoned with. I, I think we'll be able to squeeze it out with them, but I can't pick Tennessee because I just think Mississippi State's a good team, and it, that's going to be a tough matchup for us there in the second round. Uh, my champion's going to be Kentucky, though, even though they're on that same side as well, and they would face the winner of that game. I think, you know, they're a team who was able to beat us by 30 earlier this season, obviously lost at home, but, but we've struggled on the road, struggled at some neutral sites, so... I like Kentucky going all the way. I mean, Oscar Tshibwe just won uh, SEC Player of the Year. He's dominant. Cal wins SEC tournaments. That's what Cal does. That's that's Cal's job. He didn't win NCAA championships very often, but he wins SEC tournaments every year. Uh, I, I love Cal in the SEC tournament. Give me Kentucky. Uh, any final thoughts, uh, guys, going into this week? Any any notes you guys have before we end this one? i got to be honest. I disagree with your dark horse a little bit because I think Mississippi State is – not going to be able to catch up to Tennessee if they're shooting well from three because Mississippi State has made two threes in their last four games. Oh, yeah. No, they've been struggling. But I, I guess my, my my thought on that, they're going to beat South Carolina. So I think, you know, as a 10 seed, that's an upset already. And then I think they probably – I would say looking at these, I mean, obviously LSU-Arkansas is going to be the closest one, but I would pick Mississippi State over Tennessee before I pick Alabama over Kentucky or and A and M over Auburn. I guess yeah. that's kind of my uh-huh. thought process on that. Uh, I think LSU is a uh, as a dark horse, a little bit of a cheap pick, but 
Yeah. Yeah. I don't really like LSU anyway right now. Yeah. They've looked a little weird. And then, honestly, I do have to go against the Mississippi State pick, too. Hate to call you out here, but um, Mississippi State seems to only win games at home. uh, And that seems to be where they're strongest. And they really have looked somewhat ugly on road games. So I don't think they're a team that really has it all together. Yeah, well, getting a little hate here at the end of the show, <laughs> but but maybe maybe I'll get to dance on some graves next week when we're when we're recapping these tournaments. Maybe. Uh, I I hope not. I hope Tennessee <laughs> kills them, and I hope Tennessee goes to the championship. But that's just my opinion. Uh, that's going to be our show for this week. Thank you guys for listening, and tune back in next week. Uh, all around the world. When the game is on, on. I like slam dunk to take me to the hoop. Yeah. My favorite play is the alley oop. Uh-huh. I like to pick and roll. Oh. I like to give and go. Oh. And it's basketball. Bow wow, let's go. Bow, bow, bow.